This is a Radio.com original. This is Coronavirus Daily, World on Pause. I'm Charles Feldman from the KNXRadio.com studios in Los Angeles. And I'm Mike Simpson. Here to talk about the coronavirus pandemic. Cases are shooting up rapidly here in the U.S., almost 84,000 new ones in a single day. Late last week, seven-day average, it's at an all-time high, too. Is there something that can be done to slow this down? Well, if you ask the White House that question, the answer apparently is no. Whether you call this a first wave, a second wave, a third wave, might not really matter. Maybe this is just part of a cycle that doesn't have an apparent end in sight. Let's start with cases hitting an all-time high in the U.S. WBBM's Jennifer Kuyper talked to friend of the podcast, Dr. Chris Colbert. He's an ER doc and assistant program director of the Emergency Medicine Residency Program over at the University of Illinois, Chicago. So we are seeing an increase in positive cases, but now what we're starting to see is not only an increase in positive cases, but admissions. And so that is what's giving us all pause just across the nation as ER physicians is the, it seems as if we're kind of turning back our numbers, I mean, turning back to early 2020, which we don't want to do, which we don't want to do. Um, we are having some other options for management where we can kind of monitor patients initially that we would have to admit. We can monitor them at home with different monitoring um, advances. However, it's extremely important for everyone to please social distancing, wearing a mask and washing hands because we're starting to admit more patients with COVID and that's what we all don't want. Is there a concern right now about ventilators and having enough? At this point, no. This is, this is, we're not transitioning to the point where we are overwhelming the ICU or utilizing the vents as well. But again, it's extremely important for just all of us to be cognizant that we all have a great part in this and can really mitigate the admissions, the positive numbers, is just by utilizing the big three things is face mask, distancing, as well as keeping hands washed. And doctor, have you seen started seeing the flu cases come in yet? And that's the thing. I do believe that there's, at this point, a lower number of the flu cases because people are wearing masks. So because of that, it's decreasing at this point what seems like the number of flu cases. Usually around this time, you have some really positive flu cases. The numbers start picking up. But because the community at large, more people wearing masks, we're decreasing some of those numbers. So it's working just across the board, but it's really important that we adhere to, again, wearing the mask. It does make a huge difference. That's Dr. Chris Colbert, ER doctor and assistant program director of the Emergency Medicine Residency Program at UIC. The White House seems to be waving the white flag when it comes to slowing down the case surge. Chief of Staff Mark Meadows says we are not going to control this pandemic. He says... The focus now is on treatments and getting a vaccine out there. Dr. Syra Madad, Senior Director of the Special Pathogens Program for the New York City Hospital System. She was featured in the Netflix documentary, Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak. So, Doctor, what are your thoughts on uh, the phrase that's coming out of the White House? You know, it's absolutely ludicrous because we have the tools and the knowledge and the resources to know how to contain this epidemic. It has been done before. Those that think that we can't control a highly transmissible virus don't have to look too far. Look at uh, other countries around the world that have been able to be able to uh, control their epidemic. Um, and in here in the United States, we are essentially letting Americans endure this highly transmissible, often fatal virus. I mean, I think if you just look at some of the reports coming out uh, right now, there is, uh, you know, potential 
projections that two and a half times more people may die from COVID-19 just in the next few months than they've already died in the last nine months. But if we just put a simple face covering on, a mask, we're able to save over 100,000 lives and countless hospitalizations. And so these are some of the low-hanging fruit uh, actions that we can do to not only get the epidemic under control and all the different states that's playing out, but we're able to save lives, save people from getting infected. Um, these therapeutics, these vaccines, this is not something that's going to be happening, you know, right the, uh, next month or the month after. This is more of something that's going to happen in early, you know, 2021. So we absolutely need to do whatever we can to prevent additional loss of life. Let's take the line that often gets thrown back at that, though, that says, you know, Europe tried. They had lockdowns, too, and cases are rising there. They couldn't do it. Japan did well. So did Australia. But they're islands. Can any one nation really handle this? Because the winter, you're going to see a surge anyways. You're absolutely going to see a surge uh, in the winter, but this is where you need to have good public health infrastructure in place to continue to prevent clusters from becoming outbreaks and then outbreaks from from becoming full-blown epidemics. You need to have good testing. You need to have good contact tracing. You know, if you look at, for example, the state of New York, you know, we've been able to actually flatten the curve, bring the cases back down to a baseline. So we are not in our first wave. We are past our first wave because we've been able to bring it down to baseline. And so now we are certainly facing a potential second, uh, you know, second wave. But, you know, we have a good infrastructure in place. So we're able to burn out the fires as they're going to, you know, ignite uh, across the, the state. That's exactly that should be the national approach. We need to invest in these public health infrastructures, knowing that this is not a one and done approach. You're going to have cases, you're going to have clusters, but you're going to have to mount a good response, a hyper local response. That's also what we're lacking here in the United States. All right. So since uh, we are likely or unlikely, as it seems to be, to get much help from the federal government, what can we as individuals do? Yes, wear masks, but how much will they protect the individual wearer as opposed to protecting somebody else? So, you know, the data is out. We know how effective masks mask wearing uh, can be not just to the individual self, but for the community. So I think it's now uh, very, very clear that masks provide the two-way protection, protection, not only protecting the individual that's wearing it, but also protecting those that are in the community. Um, we know there are different types of masks. Not all masks are created equal. But this is kind of the approach where, you know, if someone tells you that you're at higher risk for heart attack because you have high cholesterol and they give you, uh, you know, your doctor gives you a prescription, they're not going to tell you this medication is going to prevent you from ever getting a heart attack. It's going to reduce your risk of having a heart attack. So that's the same thing with the mask. You're not going to throw your hands up in the air if something is not 100% effective, you can get an N95. These surgical masks, these face coverings are over 80% effective. So you are still limiting the risk of getting COVID-19 by a, a long shot. And so we need to continue to do the measures that work every day. We need to continue to, you know, uh, you know, get our COVID-19 guard on. Uh, we know the holiday season's coming. People are tired. There's this pandemic fatigue. But this is absolutely not the time to let, uh, you know, let go of our, our COVID-19 guard. Winter is going to be the, the most difficult months for the United States. Dr. Zyra Madad, Senior Director, Special Pathogens Program, New York City Hospital System, was on that Netflix doc, A Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak. Coming up after this short break, can we actually stop this spike in cases? 
This is starting to turn into a pattern. There was a spike in cases in March and April, then a drop, then a rise at the start of summer, then a drop, and now a rise again as winter is approaching. Yeah, we're now reporting the highest number of new cases since the starts of all this. Rinse and repeat. Dr. Robert Wachter, professor and chair of the Department of Medicine at UC San Francisco. Doctor, you tired of the wave analogy? People keep asking you, where are we? Or is this more like a forest fire that just keeps popping up here and then over there? Yeah, it's pre- it, it, three waves is the best way to think about it. But I think the forest fire analogy is not bad either, because after each wave, we have had embers burning on the forest floor. We've never put it out completely. And that has meant that that first wave, March, April in, in New York, when it came down, it never came down to uh, as low as it was at the start. It was now about sort of halfway up. The next wave, which was the south and to some extent California, began there and went even higher and it came down about halfway. And now we're starting at that point and now we're going up and now we're higher than we ever were before. So the each wave is a little bit bigger than the one before it. Each wave starts at a higher place and each wave is a little bit less geographically constrained than the, than, than the one before. So rather than just the Northeast, the second one was the whole South and California. And this one is almost everybody, including now, unfortunately, a little bit of a blip in California that makes me worry that we are starting to see what the rest of the country is seeing. So let's talk about that, because none of that bodes well for winter. We have kind of been the slow burn, as you were saying, but to a lesser degree than some of the other places where we've seen a pop up, move around, pop up, move around. But what does California look like over the next few months? It's hard to know uh, because we uh, we are uh, we have done better than much of the rest of the country, but certainly uh, certainly we're starting to see a little bit of a spike now. We don't have the same weather issues that most of the rest of the country has. Uh, so it's unlikely that everybody's going to have to go inside the way they do in the, uh, in the upper Midwest. But I think when you're seeing what we're seeing now, you would have to say that we are likely to see a surge that may be not that dissimilar to what we saw in June and July. I hope not, but, uh, uh, you know, up, up until last week, the, the the party line was look at the rest of the country. It's beginning to surge. California is doing pretty well. But just in the last three or four days, we've started to see an upspike in California. So unless we turn it around, we're probably going to see something that's not this dissimilar to what we saw in June and July. So to carry over something from our first segment, as you may or may not have heard, of course, the White House on Sunday, uh, in effect, waved the white flag. They said, we can't control uh, the spread of this virus. We're going to, in effect, put our bets on therapeutics and a vaccine. But even a, a vaccine, by the time enough people, if there is one available that's effective and enough people get vaccinated, you're talking about maybe a year ahead to be realistic. Therapeutics, as you know, some seem to be promising, nothing that can be described at the moment as a kind of miracle cure. If we keep at this rate of infection or maybe more per day, are we in a, within the space of a year going to, in effect, reach something close to herd immunity? Uh, not unless we really, really act badly and stupidly. I mean, if but you haven't think about we? It, wait a minute, haven't we been acting badly and stupidly all along? <laughs> uh, pretty badly and pretty stupidly, but 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 it can get worse. <laughs> if you oh my think god! About it, <laughs> Super. If, 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 yeah, I know. If if you think about it, um, 
we've been acting badly and stupidly in terms of the federal response. Uh, we, there, it's been incoherent. There has not been a federal plan. There hasn't been anything resembling federal, federal message, uh, messaging, strong, consistent messaging about things like masks. But uh, plenty of people have worn masks. Plenty of communities, including in California, have done the right thing in terms of of the state of uh, of keeping businesses open and things like that, uh, and 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 mask uh, admonishing people to wear masks and to some extent mask mandates. And what that has done is meant that yes, we've had 225,000 deaths, but we could have had far more. If you just throw up the white flag, as Mark Meadows appeared to be doing uh, yesterday, and say, we're just going to let this thing roar through our communities, you're talking about a million deaths. I mean, you're talking about a huge number of deaths. I don't believe that we need to get to anywhere near that. I think if we act well, if we get better political leadership, if we have consistent messaging about masking, if we advance the state of testing and contact tracing, all these are doable. None of these are rocket science then I think we the, the data are very clear that we will prevent hundreds of thousands of deaths. We will probably still, unfortunately, have 300,000, 400,000, maybe 500,000 by the time a vaccine rolls around. But I don't know about you, if I can have 400,000 deaths versus a million, I'm taking the 400,000. And the vaccine will at some point be here and will begin to turn things around in a major way. So I think the prudent thing to do is for us to be doing the best we can to keep this virus at bay until we reach the point that we either have a vaccine or game-changing medicines. And I think you're probably right. That is on probably we're looking at six to eight months from now. Dr. Robert Wachter, professor and chair of the Department of Medicine, University of California, San Francisco. We just talked about rising cases here in the U.S. Europe is also getting hit real hard. A doctor in France warns his country has lost control of the epidemic. This comes after the country reported more than 52,000 new coronavirus infections. Spain is the first European country to surpass 1 million confirmed COVID-19 cases. It declared a state of emergency, which includes a nationwide overnight curfew and travel bans. Italy took new steps to try to rein in the outbreak, ordering restaurants and bars to close by 6 p.m. and shutting down gyms, pools, and movie theaters. Johns Hopkins University says Europe's confirmed death toll has surpassed 250,000. You can find us on the Radio.com app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. 